Welcome to another Venue Podcast. This is episode number 53. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. I'm Josh, your host, and I've got a bunch of great guys with me in the room today. Brian, how are you this morning? Josh, I'm doing wonderful. Fantastic. Thank you for asking. I've also got Phil here. Hey, Josh. Hey. I'm, uh, I'm busy right now. It's actually, it's 9.22, but for me, it's actually 9, it's actually 10.22. Because, because of the I, I've time change. I've skipped forward an yeah. hour, wow. like even, even more than the rest of you. Really? Yeah. You skipped over like two hours? Yeah. He's very I, 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 cel- I celebrate Daylight Savings Time twice, like wow. double. Jeez. Yeah. Hmm. This guy. He lives in the future. Will, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, I, t- I will say I like the new time, and he should just stay like this from now on. I'm tired of changing back and forth. I agree. Yeah. I, I think... Is daylight savings time just out of date now? Yes, I think. I think is. the switching back and forth is definitely out of date. I wish they'd just pick one, preferably this one. I'm on, stick with it. Yeah, I'm it on my third st- cup of coffee. <laughs> you're gonna get used. To, you get used to that. It was hard yeah. for me waking up the last couple of mornings, but going home, leaving work at five five thirty, going home, and it's still like a couple hours of hours of daylight is fantastic. Yeah, yeah you have very time true. to do stuff. You have time mm-hmm. to do stuff, you can go walk, you can go exercise, you can do whatever, and I mean, it's just the daylight rocks. You know what else we have time for now? Is it news? News. Whoa. We have time for news. And the first bit of news is actually some news from us. We're actually going to be launching a brand new segment. Uh, it's going to be called Data Center 101. It's going to be separate from the main show. And uh, we're going to try to get some guests in here and, and give everybody the lowdown on you know what exactly a data center is, what's the benefit of being in a data center, and um, you know why why should you jump into a data center? Awesome, I yeah, like cool. it. Yeah. Um, so look for that on this same stream. Um, the first episode should be out sometime next month. And uh, now we're going to jump into some other news about Ford. Not quite as big. As, as the Venue 101 data center news. But they did patent windshield movie screens for driverless cars. <laughs> I think this is moving a little too fast, yeah. to be honest with you. Because now, well, like, oh, when are the 4K I, movie screens coming out in your I mean, cars? Maybe they are 4K. Well, that could be. Maybe they're, maybe, okay. Well, yeah. all right. Well, this, why this why would it not be 4K? This poses, like, a safety concern. So right? it, it really kind, kind of like, does. Kind of? Yeah, I, because I mean, you really don't have to pay attention so, if you're in I'll, a driverless car, but then you sort of should in case it messes up, like the Google car did. Yeah. So this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, you know, on the last podcast, where this is only going to be beneficial when everything is self-driving. You know, you can't yep. you can't do this when you still have people driving cars. Or or maybe it'll be beneficial whenever the the technology has been around long enough for people to trust it. Right. Well, I would imagine they're probably just trying to get out ahead of... It's just a patent. They yeah. just have to prove that they're yeah. working on this, and then no one else can do it. So. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't see how you can really patent that. Would you want, as a driver or a rider, would you want this in your car? I mean, I guess... People, don't you want to see where you're going, even if you're not driving? No. Well, have you ever been on a on a like a like like a car forum? There are people that they they work around like their their infotainment systems head mm-hmm. the head unit of their car to like make it play movies while they're driving and they say you know I'm doing it for my for my passengers but yeah come on you're, you're doing yeah. it because you want to have a well, movie play while you're that. driving <clears throat> let's say you're driving through Texas and it's very very boring it's the same thing for I know it's just miles. it's just I but, still even if it's because it, I still would like to see where it's going yeah but what if you could put on another location and you can watch and act like you're driving through another location while you drive 
Yeah. Oh, well, okay. You put that you're driving, you know, through the desert it's or space. through the Amazon through or space. through space. Yeah. yeah. I'm on a roller coaster yeah. that I'm. It's a fundamental change in in how we drive and it how is. we how we transport things. Mm-hmm. You know, are there going to be yeah. cars? Are there going to be tent laws as well? I mean, or can I black out the windows so I can watch my movie during the day? Or- Right. I think there'd still be tent laws with driverless cars. I don't think that was a serious question that you just posed, no, but I think there, I, there would still be tent laws <laughs> because you still it was still you know people would say it would pose a threat to somebody outside of the car if you couldn't. So see so basically, what they're saying is you're, they're taking the front driver's glass off, okay, or maybe leaving it there, but putting a yeah. big screen <laughs> or putting no, a no big more sc- windshields or will. putting a yeah or putting a big screen on top of. In front of the in windshield. In front of the windshield. Yep. Um, but it looks from this, I mean, it, maybe this rolls. Is this like a silk screen that kind of rolls up or I mean, some, some kind of, you know, well, OLED or something? Kind of, some, of the, some of the driverless car models that I've seen have had the seats in different positions than regular mm-hmm. and, and stuff that can swivel. Oh, you okay. know, so they can, they can put the screen really anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't really have to follow the same layout of a, of a car if you don't have to drive. Mm, yeah, that's yeah, true. I don't know. It you just, could all just spin around and look at the back. I think I would get dizzy or nauseous if I was watching a movie and still moving. This could be like, yeah, that would be like 60 miles an hour. People with motion sickness would yeah. have a problem. It's like yeah. double yeah. the amount of motion sickness. Wow. Yeah, see, that's why I don't get, that's why I when I fly, that's why I get sometimes, not as much anymore, but that's why I get a little uh, motion sickness in a plane because I don't see where I'm going. I know I'm going forward, I think. Yeah. And I can't see where I'm going. So a lot of times, every, literally every time I've flown recently, I've gotten I've gotten a window seat, so I can at least kind of look out the window and kind of like, you know, see what I'm see what's going in front of me or on the side of me. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I love Ford's quote here from another article. It says Ford says it isn't a given that self-driving cars will kill people. That's a different article. Just I know it is. I'm just <laughs> no. I'm saying is I know that it's a different article, but it's 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 in it's a link in in this article. <laughs> from from Wired UK. That is funny. Um, yeah. I really like this from. I really like how forward thinking some of these companies have become now that there's like competition in this market. Like Tesla is like probably pushing forward, and other companies to do this. Like I think GM just bought a, a self driving car technology company as well. Yeah, I think it's kind of, I think this is. I think I don't think this is going away. I think we're going to definitely no, definitely well, going to do this. I think the innovation at least is going to be. It's going to be fun to watch over the next couple of years. Well, think about the the change in transporting goods when you no longer have oh, yeah. to to get a driver to do it. You can actually have these autonomous vehicles run 24-7, mm-hmm. transporting goods back and forth. Mm-hmm. It'd probably That's be true. a lot safer because you, know, you can run these vehicles, like you said, 24-7. You don't have to yep. have worry about someone getting sleepy or, yep. or whatever. So I yep. think, yeah, I mean, I didn't think about this, but, yeah, you could have self-driving 18-wheelers. Yep. So will that be the beginning that of – Will that be the beginning of uh, – you know where the robots start taking over our jobs. Yes. Pretty much. And, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're already kind of doing that. You know, they just are. A, it depends on the job. But. Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't expect this to roll out too quickly, considering how fast CarPlay and Android Auto well. are rolling out. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the list of supported cars for that? It is sad. Yeah. It's just like, you know, eight cars. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> but you can get. Can you not get uh, third party? Uh, you, consoles you, you that, can, give you... but there's so many cars these days that don't let you change out the head unit. Yeah, like yours. I have like, one. Like yours. Ain't my Focus. Yeah. I can't and do anything. Every car with. since I mentioned last podcast that I'm looking at other cars. Every car I'm looking at, you can't change out the head unit. So yeah. it's, it's like, well, they're so you, integrated. You have, now. Yeah, you they're have so to. You have to get something that you're happy with or that you can tolerate whenever you buy your car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem with mine is, I mean, even if I could change out the head unit, there's so many other things that that 
the unit does, like temperature control. Right. It, literally everything. So I mean, I'm really kind of stuck. And what's bad is they don't they're not upgrading my version. So I have with my car, I've Buy had a new car. I've had no significant <laughs> upgrade that I could actually go, "Oh, this is a completely different system from the previous one that I had." So I'm really kind of in the mess. Anyway. Yep. Wow. Jeez. We sorry, talk sorry, about cars. We sorry have about a good, We have a good segue coming in. We got to talk about cars here. Yeah. We it's also we also like to talk about VR and Steam, which is the uh, online gaming, uh, I guess, store. Would we call it a yeah, store? It is. I mean, yeah. it's a marketplace. Yeah, marketplace. Store, yeah. A community. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of everything. Yeah. Um, it's gonna let you play any game, not just virtual reality games, um, in. VR mode through their headset, which is the HTC um, Vive. And mm-hmm. other Steam compatible. And other headsets, like the Oculus. Uh, I don't know that they've had a li- have a list. Yeah, oh, okay. and I'm not sure that Oculus has even come across Steam's... What about Google Cardboard? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't... I don't think that's technically considered <laughs> a virtual reality headset. This, this is what I was really excited for right. about VR, because... I think I even might have mentioned it in a previous podcast that I don't really want to play like a VR game. Mm-hmm. I just want to put this on and have it be a screen. Right. Because it's right there. It'll, it'll look like it's huge. Well, the, that'll be great. The so this is this allows compatibility for regular games just using this as a screen, sort of a private viewing environment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it'll have you know the audio stuff built in mm-hmm. and. It, now it'd be great. Did they I like it? Did they announce the price for the Vive? Yeah, it's like eight hundred dollars. That's Which is so developer is though, right? Expensive. No, I think it's the is real it one. The final? Okay. Yeah. So when can I walk into my Best Buy and or never. Amazon and just buy one of never. these? Are they ever? None of or any of them? No. There's a couple because I went Oculus, to Best Buy once and I saw one of these. Oculus went up for pre-order recently. I think they're going to start shipping within the next couple of months. But Best that's Buy. still. I mean, you still can't walk into a Best Buy and get one. Yeah. You could probably was... you can get like a Galaxy View or whatever. What are they called? The Galaxy VR one, the one where you put your Samsung phone into it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you can probably get oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Here's, the, here's the Galaxy. Okay, so there was another one though. They had Gear, Gear VR. VR. Gear VR. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had another one that was. I don't know if it was just a. I went in and bought a. Um, what's the What's the VR? Yeah, they had some others. It's not. This is like awesome. Viewmaster. That's it. I bought a Viewmaster. Pre-order. How mm-hmm. is the Viewmaster? It's all right. It's all right. All right. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, Th- thank you for that. Uh, well, I, I think I need a better phone to make it work better. A better but it's phone? so cheap. Yeah. What do you have, Josh? An iPhone 5. An iPhone 5? Yeah. Well, Josh, hmm. you should probably upgrade. <laughs> I hear they're coming out with an iPhone 5 SE soon. Uh-oh. Yeah, so there's other there's other headsets. They've got this thing called the Merge, which I don't, I don't know anything about. And they've got this one, that's, Zeiss. That's, not a, that's just VR goggles for right. smartphones. So there's a it's difference. Like a, to, no, I know. I'm just saying it's it's to, you're right. To it's clarify, just, there's a difference between the VR headsets that you put your smartphone in to have these experiences, and the full-on like HTC Vive. That's an actual headset. Yeah, yeah. the Vive is actually a full-blown plugs into a computer, computer system. Yeah. I mean, the only two that exist that I'm aware of are the Vive and the Oculus. Is, yeah. Are there more on the market? I don't know of any offhand now. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, I mean this. This makes me want a Vive more than I wanted one before, but the price is still, it's like making me shy away. I mean, I've got a nice 4K monitor that's like 27 or 28 inches. I really, I can't see spending $800 on this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
I think it's 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 still too expensive, and I don't know how many games you can actually play with this yet that are to take advantage of the full VR experience. Right. So I don't know. I, I would are probably. Are there any? So there is. There's a little tab in Steam that if you buy a game that that takes advantage of the VR, it will actually drop it down to a Steam VR tab. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. And in fact, um, one of those games is uh, Elite Dangerous. It's like a space travel sim. Um, and I guess you get the whole like sitting in the cockpit, look around. That's there's, cool. There's controls for that already. It's just it's a little clunky. Um, but yeah, so you actually get to I guess with the with the VR look around and look at different consoles and little screens will pop up as you like look. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have to actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so here's a question that I just thought of. I mean, wouldn't a VR game on like Steam wouldn't that like require to use a controller? Because how would you use a keyboard? Without being able to see the keyboard, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, I, I think um, I think you probably get around with that that with voice chat and well, set keys no, for but, the keyboard. Well, yeah, but like if you have you like a know? if you have like a special key on the side that like my keyboard does, it's the gaming keyboard right. or whatever, it has like a T one key that you can program. I wouldn't be able to see that key to know. Yeah. I'd, have to, I'd have to basically memorize where it is, right. which is fine, but then hope I'm pressing the right key whenever I hit it, which yep. doesn't really work in gaming when you have to be precise. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but they have, I mean, they have other controller options that you can that you can use with the PCs. So. Hmm. All right. Cool. Um, moving on. The iRobot Brava Jet. Speaking of Steam. <laughs> Wow. Uh, it's 199, really? Okay, yeah. so this is the this is the new mopping like iRobot does the vacuuming machines, they the do. automatic ones. This one mops. You it uses steam. I I mean, it, it's a mop, so <laughs> I don't think it uses steam. <laughs> but it, you, you know, control it with your VR. Right. Mindset. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, so this was steam for mopping, guys, not steam like the yeah, like actually, no, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I got. That's why uh-huh. I thought it was so funny. Um, yeah, so this actually will mop for you. Does it have? It looks like a little Swiffer pad down at the bottom of it. Yep. So uh, yeah, it it does mopping. the The big thing here that that's really interesting is that it's two hundred bucks, right? I mean, that's huge for any Roomba. I mean, those things are usually yeah. expensive. Yeah. This one, it says it's tiny. How big is this thing? Oh, it is smaller than a normal Roomba, I think, but it's. Well, it's probably like Mac Mini sized, maybe. It looks, maybe a little it bit looks like the Mac old Mini. Mac Minis. Yeah. So like the the thicker uh, white ones. Thicker, not, maybe not quite as as uh, wide and deep, but now, it's more like it a square. Did it, does it say anything about this spray? Because it looks like it sprays. It sprays and then it goes over mm. what it sprays. Oh. It's like so a Swiffer. It, it, yeah, kind of like a, a Swiffer jet, maybe or. Uh, oh, cool. Man, yeah. I, I, honestly, I was not like I was saying. This is cool. But no way I'm going to spend nine hundred dollars on this. But two hundred dollars—that's yeah. so. So that's pretty that's sweet. why I brought it up really quickly. I'm, you know, yeah. sorry that we're kind of fumbling here. Cause I just... Robot Brava B R A V A A Jet Jet. Sorry, mm-hmm. Brava Jet. Um, and it looks actually really neat. I don't know. I, I was really wanting to. I mean, look, it does look neat. I, I was going to do the whole I Robot thing uh, like a month ago, and um. I started looking at the best, you know, the new uh, Roomba that came out that's like iPhone integrated that has all this gadgets and does all this stuff. And I was like, man, I just can't justify the price. Yeah, they are really expensive. They're 900 bucks, like they almost have, $1,000. They have some that are this. cheaper. 
But for this, 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 you know, if two hundred dollars isn't too bad. Yeah. So these are available on April first. Um, uh oh. Is it a joke? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so supposedly they are available April first. Um, well, it's been the thing up. that people have told me who because I asked a lot of people when I was looking at really debating whether I should do this is like I was going to get either the, a Dyson um, stick or a Roomba, and everyone I talk most everyone I talked to who had a Roomba were like, yeah, they're great. Until you need to go clean up for a purpose. Like, for instance, you know, when you want to go clean up something, it's not on its schedule. So you're like, I'm going to leave that dirt there until tomorrow and let it clean it up or something. And not that saying that it's not a, you know, you you still have to have a vacuum even if you have a Roomba. So for me, I was like, all right, I'm just going to get a really nice one of these Dyson vacuums that do, you know, these different attachments and stuff. And for me, it just worked better. This actually is pretty interesting, though, because I don't have anything that actually um, does the floors. I actually mops. So the you, difference is between... You don't have a mop? <laughs> you know, being that I've moved in this house, I don't know if I... I don't no? think I do have a mop. Do you, you, do you mop your... Have you mopped floors yet? Like with water and things? So, yeah. So I actually do a vacuum and then we steam mop right after. Oh, really? You have like a shark or something? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm. I thought about getting a shark. Yeah. I'm, so I'm over here Googling, trying to figure out what the difference between this Brava and the, the iRobot Scuba is. And I don't know what the difference is besides a different shape. Does one do wood and then one does? No, No, neither of them do hardwood. Wait, they both do hardwood. They both do tile. Neither of them do carpet. I don't want to have this spraying water on my wood floor, though, huh? What? Yeah, you can. As long as 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 you don't soak it and leave it there. Okay. 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 Water is okay on wood as long as you don't just let it sit. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm new to this whole domesticated. That's when things start to warp. Oh, when you leave it sitting there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well. Well, anyway, it's a good price. I think you know when these things come out. When these things come out at a low price, is great because they'll yeah. probably only get cheaper. And um, this is the, I guess, the one product. So right. we'll keep it on. Roombas. Well, the good thing about iRobot is they've all, even though they're expensive and may not be the quiet thing, they actually do continue to innovate and come out with new products and better, better vacuums. So it's it's getting there. It's just maybe not for everybody just yet. Yeah. So speaking of inter- innovation. Um, Napster's Founders Screening Room gets backing by Peter Jackson, Steven Spielberg, and J.J. Abrams. What is Screening Room? So Screening Room, uh, just as a a brief overview here, is actually created by the guy who created Napster initially, um, Sean Parker. And what it is going to be is basically you could see a movie in your living room. Um, It looks like the day day it comes out. The day it comes out, yeah. Whoa, really? So it would be simultaneous between theaters and your home at the same time. I would love that. I, I would love this, too. Um, it looks like it's going to be a little bit expensive. I think it's going to be right at about 50 bucks to stream them in-house. Whoa. Uh, so Never while mind. while it's expensive for, let's say, if you want to have a date night for two yeah. people, it's kind of expensive. If you want to have a party, though, and invite 10 people over, everybody pays, you know, True. five bucks or whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Well, I could see this being really useful for, um, you know, restaurants or... It's probably a little bit different for restaurants because that's distribution. Oh. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. so it's $50 per movie, but you also get two free tickets to go see that movie in a theater. Right. They're really pandering to the concessions and stuff. Yeah. Like that. They want people, they want to say, hey, theaters, you shouldn't be scared of us. We'll still let you get your concessions because we're going to give people free tickets. They so, can go to your movie. So this is, the movie again. this is the first step of removing theaters. This is the first step of the death of theaters. Yeah. 
I think the first step of the death theaters was probably piracy. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Mm. No, because well, I mean, but I don't but think. It, but I don't, I've never really thought about that though. Really, you know, I've always thought oh, theaters will always be there, even though with new TVs and all this kind of stuff that comes out. But <clears throat> you know, I guess one day will we have a day where we're like like autonomous, like driving. Who's going to go to a movie house? You can get in your theater. Ford and watch the movie in your well, Ford. You well, can, yes. I wonder if you can use this when you're but autonomous I think, driving. I think people will still look for theater. People will still look for experiences, right? Like look, look at retail and look how Apple changed what retail was. Yeah, you know, people are still going to look for for those types of experiences. And I think the niche for that is like the movie taverns yep. and the yeah, Alamo I was draft just, houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just about to say that, that that's, that's your experience. Whereas mm-hmm. the experience going to like a, a like a normal AMC or rave or whatever yep. is going to be the 16-year-old kid like uh, commenting out loud and checking his phone and all this yep. kind of stuff that really annoys people and makes people not want to go to movies. Yeah, so. I will say the movie tavern is kind of one of those things that might might catch on longer. Not yeah. that it's new, but you know, when I saw, I saw a movie there once, and uh, it was a good experience. I mean, you had the, the whole movie, you, you ate, you had everything there. So maybe the movie becomes secondary to the whole overall experience. Well, but if you think if you think about so, in, in my situation, I have a two year old, right? And so if I want to go see a movie, I've got to you know get a babysitter, I've got to schedule it out, I've got to be oh you know, yeah, that's a good point, right? And so I can now with this go ahead and say, okay, well. Fifty bucks—that's babysitter tickets and food—and I can point. just yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing is think about it, like okay, it's fifty dollars. It sounds at face value kind of expensive, but how much is a movie? So if you go to movie theater at night, okay, so you buy tickets, you buy popcorn, maybe some candy or something, and some drinks. What is your total bill going to be? Is it going to be close to fifty bucks if you're going? Probably going to be more. Yeah, so you're going to spend what? Let's see. How, I mean, how much I is? So. I mean, you get a bottle of water. It's eight dollars. You get. You know. Yeah, so I mean, is this really a bad deal? It sounds it sounds expensive right off the bat, but um, movie how tickets much, are like about ten dollars. What does a movie Saturdays, ticket cost they? in the first place? Hmm? There's something. So movie tickets are like ten dollars, or maybe a, a little piece, bit more for three yeah. D. So if you're yeah. going to, on a date night, you're probably going to spend. If you if you're the per, a type of person that gets concessions, you'll probably spend between. Like maybe ten twenty dollars in concessions and then so twenty dollars in movies. So you're looking for about so about forty maybe between yep. thirty and forty dollars just to go out to the theater. Yeah, that's why not I'm considering concessions. you know gas, which may not be an issue, you know, right? But to be able to sit in your home now, you know, can yeah. you pause this? Is it going to be like a Netflix thing where you can stay and hit your pause? Or I don't know if they've released that yet. But I mean, that's a good point because you, if you're at home, you can pause it to go use the bathroom. You won't miss the movie. I would love to see. Oh, this. here we go. So uh, the service will be available on a $150 set-top box fitted with anti-piracy technology. That makes sense. Yeah. It'll yeah. get hacked As, first week. See, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what, what's the timetable for when this doesn't, you know, there's no piracy anymore? I mean, right. when there's no right. nothing to block the piracy. At $150 plus $50 a movie, it's still too expensive for most people to yep. use. I, I think it's going to fit into a niche until... Until it's cheaper. I mean, you put that set top box at free with fifty dollars movies. Yeah, done. Then that's that's yep. that. Well, you know, or just integrate I think with that's like five years away or, if this gets off the ground. Or integrate with like Roku or well, I guess if you well, need to you do need some type of anti piracy, yeah. right. so you're hard bound by hardware. In, part know. part of the price of this is they're I think they're, they're supposed to be giving twenty dollars out of every fifty dollars to the movie theaters right. to be like, hey, hey, we're not trying to like make you guys go out of business. But then when there's more services like this, yep. you'll probably have to give out those types of uh uh deals like less 
So, yeah. Yeah. you I know, mean, maybe, maybe, you know, it eventually be $30. This is, this is definitely the first stab at it, and I'm sure the price is going to go down yep. because they're the it's like Steam, right? Steam, when it initially launched, it was launching in boxed copies for retailers with codes, and you went in and you added your game to Steam. Well, now they just sell the games right off of Steam, yeah. and they don't really care that much about retailers, right? Retailers have to compete with that instant gratification of buying something online. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I will probably buy... Again, we don't know when this is coming out either. This is just an announcement that, hey... These um, filmmakers are, are getting together and supporting Sean Parker's right. initiative. But when is this really going to see the light of day? And, and really, will it ever see the light of day? It sounds like it's a good good chance. But um, An important part of this is that know. Peter Jackson had recently said that he was against this type of services, uh, this type of service, I believe. And he likes this one. So... It, well, the more the more like people in the industry that exactly. you get behind this, I, it's kind of important. And that's why they are giving those concessions to the theaters. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you did yeah. there, Josh. Yeah, they, they've um, got some big names behind it. I was just looking at this article from from the Guardian, and it's like uh, Ron Howard, Martin Scorsese, Frank Marshall. So these are guys who are not just you know new filmmakers. Some of these guys have been around in the business for a long yeah. time. So to see them back this, uh, maybe it will. Maybe will something will happen. Well, and like I said, as it evolves, that whole tie to the theaters will go away, and a lot of the costs associated with this will decrease, you know? Yeah. yeah I think this is really exciting because I, I hate going to theaters. There's a lot of times where I want to see a movie, but I just I just like, you know what? I, I want to see that. It's not worth it. And what do you say? I'll wait till it comes to Netflix. I'll or, wait till it comes to Netflix. I'll wait till it DVD comes to Google something. Play, and I'll rent it on Google Play what or, I, or yeah. iTunes or whatever. What I don't want to see happen is I don't want the theater to die. Yep. Um, while I'm all for this, I every time I go to a movie, it's because I want to go for the experience of going to a movie. I don't go necessarily to see the movie. I could wait if I don't really care about the movie. It's more about the experience of being in a theater, seeing something for the first time when it first opens with a group of people you don't know. Yeah. You know, and everyone Sometimes getting into bad, this... Though. Not, not on I've never had night, a bad though. experience with that. I mean, it's always right. been fun. It depends o- on the theater. Opening night kind of stuff. I mean, that's usually really fun. Everybody's pumped up. Everybody wants to see this together. I don't want that to die. I don't want that culture to disappear. You don't want to just only watch movies with your friends of people you know. You want to go to have that whole experience where I'm like, right. hey, I'm with people who not necessarily are my friends and they come and watch a movie. It's like we have this community of people that maybe I have no clue who they are, but we're all commonly going to go watch right. this. Right. And, and we, you all have you know the same goal. You're all super excited about this movie or this film, you know, and I, I don't want that to disappear. There was some movie uh, I watched. I don't know if it was Star Wars or something when in the credits came when it, when it first launched. When the when the movie started, everyone like started cheering, and it was mm-hmm. like a big fanfare. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what movie it was. Maybe it was Star Wars, or maybe it was like Indiana Jones or something like that. And the movie started, and everyone was like, and the I whole theater erupted. I really don't think that'll go away. <laughs> it'll always exist in one form or another. It might not be like your normal movie theater, like we said earlier. It might be in the Alamo Draft House type thing. But I think that'll always be there. You might just have to go out for dinner and a movie rather than just the movie, which I'm fine with, you know. Okay. But I, I will like this because there's a lot of movies. I don't see because, and it's just the same thing you said. I don't want to drive. I don't want to go out. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to. I, I would watch them. I'd pay them. I'd pay more than the ticket value is to watch at home than it would be to pay less and go to the theater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and there are certain movies that attract certain types of audiences that get you more of the like annoying moviegoers. Like I remember whenever 
I think the movie was called One Missed Call. It was some cheesy horror movie that came out like 10 years ago. And that was the worst movie-going experience I've ever had. The theater was filled with like 17-year-olds that would scream at the stupidest stuff. And it ruined the movie for for me and whoever I went with. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. Th- thanks for your condolences, Brian. It really, you know, trashed my, my movie-going experience. For life, actually. Hmm. Okay, well, let's move on to emails. Um, we received an email from a customer um, recently mm. asking about our uh, Restart IT backup service. Um, they actually have our, our normal Restart IT service. Uh, notice that we're now offering Veeam as part of that. Um, the question was, why should they consider Veeam backup over as a, Restart IT as an option? inside restart it yeah so restart it is is still you know restart it is our backup software based on evolt right so it's client it's agent plug-in talking to our vaults and right. you install the agent in your inside the operating system of your vm mm-hmm. or, or physical box right or as 400 and you create jobs and you back up your data to 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 venue right to the cloud and if you have to restore data you then pull you open the application pull the data back uh, if you're doing DR or something even major, you know, if you have a major failure, you do have to spend a little bit more time building the VM and doing that, right? And we'll help you do that. That's so it's still it's still something we we have a lot of customers you know, using, right? But as the world changes to more virtual, and you know, we look at you know workloads today, and it's either 100% virtual or cloud. Um, there's better ways to back those machines up, and a product that we've adopted is Veeam. Uh, backup and recovery, backup and replication. It's primarily, we're focusing on the backup piece right now. Mm-hmm. And this is software that plugs directly inside of your virtual center environment, your vSphere or Hyper-V environment, and lets us back up the VMs um, through the hypervisor, right? So we're actually getting a true image level backup of the machine, as well as being able to restore those um, complete VMs, as well as pull out SQL database data, tables, Oracle, um, applications like Exchange, SharePoint, and, and, and then just your files. Um, so it's a little bit more flexible if you're in a virtual environment. We, there are some applica- there are some um, software that you can actually run on physical servers. Uh, to, it's called Veeam Endpoint yep. to go actually back up and recover those physical servers. It's not necessarily the best fit for every server. Maybe if it's a high transaction server, not the best fit for Veeam Endpoint laptops, desktops, things like that, perfect. This is what it's used for. But um, we've had a lot of clients asking for this over the years, and to be able to do some of the things that Veeam provides has been a real benefit. Uh, customers can do things like test, automate their restore of their machines. So if they have their environment, they want to test um, kind of like in a virtual lab environment on their premises, they can fire up a VM out of band from their production network, make sure the data's there, it's consistent, the application works, and so on and so forth. So um, when we started seeing more and more customers ask for this, we decided to, hey, we're going we're gonna to build an offering. What we specifically offer is the Veeam licensing and Veeam application and support. Uh, we also offer uh, something called Cloud Connect, Veeam Cloud Connect, which allows customers to back up or move their backups to their own premises, meaning at their data center or at their um, location to our cloud. So typically what you'll have is you'll have a customer that will back up locally to themselves, to either an out-of-band appliance, storage appliance, some type of you know storage that's in their network. That way they can quickly recover full VMs or power on the VMs from a backup, right? You don't have to do a recover. Um, 
or if there's a catastrophic failure, they can recover from our cloud. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, just for my own, just to throw this question out there, um, restart ITVM versus a Veeam solution. Yeah. Restart ITVM more of a, a availability type approach, just making right. sure it's always on and... Yeah, so Restart ITVM is based on Zerto. Right. Uh, Z-E-R-T-O dot com. Um, it, it's a really more of a high availability right. situation, right? Where you're, you're, It's not necessarily used for long-term backups. Um, so this allows you to fail over and fail back between your premises and your data center or, or premises or you know, your office to our cloud, running cloud, automation, you know, it's all that's baked into it, and then fail back. Right. So for disaster recovery, disaster avoidance, that's the best fit for Restart IT uh, VM based on Zerto. Veeam kind of crosses a little bit of that. Uh, we don't really allow you to power on the backups in our cloud. You know, that, that may be an option later on. But for recovery, for long-term recovery, this is the solution. Right. right? So we're starting out with this product uh, with the backup-only feature. And, um, you know, unless you're having a catastrophic failure, then recovery f- from your local premises, from your out of, you know, your out of band storage really is, is, is fast. It's so right. flexible. So we see, we see a lot of, you know, just in some of the pre-sale stuff I've been doing over the past couple of weeks. I mean, we've seen people just clamoring for it. So I think it's a good software package. I mean, I think it's going to be good for, for our customers. Great. If you guys can't tell, Will loves these business enterprise questions, so please continue to send those to podcast <laughs> at venue.com. That's podcast yeah. at so venue.com. If anyone, you know, so, as, so, you know, well, I mean, you know, this is kind of what we do in our day jobs, right? This is what, we, right. what we're, we're on. Right. Um, people who want to see demos or do test drives or something like that, um, talk to your local Veeam, uh, venue sales rep. Um, I've been doing these things pretty pretty often, and so. we'll we'll set up. You know, we'll we'll take a look at, at what you have, and we'll set up the correct restart IT for you, whether it's an eVault solution, or Beam perfect, or, or anything like that. Perfect, yep. perfect segue into something that we're we're also going to be offering as managed services. So when we start looking at, you know, you don't just go buy the software and licensing and try and put it together yourself, right? We will help you. We'll we'll engineer the solution with you. And make sure you're using the right tool, whether right. it's Veeam or Restore IT or Restore IT VM. We'll 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 do you right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, anything to add, Phil? Just send more questions to podcast at venue dot com. Right. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to jump right into our topic now. And speaking uh, of dream solutions, speaking iPhone seven, iPhone seven, dream phone. God. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> I haven't even jo- talked just about the topic. Jo- now that we've gotten that out of the way. Just joking. Jeez. Okay, so topic today is talking about our dream smartphone. Um, what features make phones great? What would be your perfect phone if you could get any kind of phone you wanted right, right now? And I think the crux of this topic is not to say, you know, my, my perfect phone is going to be, like we'll just said, the iPhone 7. It's more to say, like, what specific features, like, what do you want to see that phone have? Yeah. Right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go first and say I want the phone to be modular. What was the Can, phone that was doing that? Was yeah, that was, that was the phone. It started with an A, didn't it? Yeah. That was that was really interesting. I thought, you know, this is never going to take off, but it's interesting that these maker type people 
are trying to come up with something that will allow people to upgrade and continuously change their phones. Yeah, so you're, you're talking about Project Aura, yes. which was a, yes. a Google project where you could basically piecemeal your phone together mm-hmm. from different pieces. You want a bigger camera, you put a bigger camera. You want a bigger battery, you put a bigger battery. Um, you know, everything was modular. You could put, you know, a bigger screen, a smaller screen, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously for me, that that is something that I think I would want as someone who tinkers with, with things a lot. Um, and knowing me, I'd probably have a million modules. Right. Mm-hmm. How and cool would that be to just be able to, you know, today I'm going to the zoo, so I want a better camera today. Right. And, and oh, better, I, better, better life. Or I want a better right. selfie camera for the right. day. Or yeah. I don't need a selfie camera right. today. I could take that off and put a bigger screen. Or a bigger or, battery. Yep. Yeah, yep. I would like you know, this. So, the thing about what worries me is, like, since it's so modular, I mean, is it going to, like, pieces be falling off or something? You drop your phone and your phone just, like... Well, but I think, I think we all like... <laughs> like like yeah. Legos. We all like the idea of modular phones because we're all tech people. And we right, like right. to tinker. But I right. think for a lot of people, that would just be unnecessarily right. complicated. Yeah, and Will is right about it falling apart because I remember when my first smartphone, quote-unquote, was, like, a Windows mobile phone that had a changeable battery. And every time I dropped it, the back popped off and the battery flew. <laughs> out and it was really annoying yeah but then again you know you can change the battery I, that's something yeah. I'm, i do miss well so, i say i miss i don't know if i miss it how anymore. often do you actually run out of battery during the day not really and then when yeah. i do I, I have a little battery pack so really i was going to say well i really miss you know having an interchangeable battery uh, you know what really not because i mean the battery packs now are gotten, getting smaller with more milliamps um maybe i'm not so worried about that so Josh's dream phone is basically to be able to make your own dream phone. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a bad dream, and uh-huh. and yeah. and I think the the real benefit is that you don't have to buy it all at once. Mm-hmm. You can buy like the casing and and your basic you yeah. know, guts for the phone and and have one and then upgrade over time. Or as new things come out, yep. you can you never have to buy a new phone. You can just continuously upgrade the same chassis that you already yep. have. And that's the exact same way that I I do kind of computers and that's always a way I've done computers is upgrade bits and pieces to make it worthwhile. So I think the uh I think it's the LG V10 if I'm not mistaken and I could definitely be wrong. Uh they just came out with their new device that has a uh a hot swappable battery. Well, I don't think it's hot swappable, but it's a battery that basically the whole bottom of the phone comes out and pulls the battery out with it and you replace it with another one. Um, it's it's a better take on the to fix the problem that you were kind of explaining that you used to have with your old phones yeah. where the back would come <laughs> off and your your you know your battery would fly across the room. So I, you know it's something that I think people are starting to look into because they want that flexibility, right? So. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one more thing, and you'll probably disagree with this. But I also oh. like, <laughs> I also like the new Galaxy Edges. I like those screens. I think they're cool. Yeah, yeah I the definitely curved screens. Yeah. It makes it too hard to hold. You have no no not, sides to hold the phone with. I've not held one, so yeah, me either. But so I just I have. have yeah, I'm Best Buy. You can go walk into the store and play with them, huh? Yeah. Um, but I like the I like the idea of it. Yeah, it's an okay idea. Hmm. <laughs> Brian's like I what, have what, and then quiet what? silence. Talk about it. Is it bad? Is it good? I I don't see the point. 
of the side screen thing. Like it's strictly an aesthetics thing. Like they try to make it useful, but it's really not it that useful. It does look pretty. Yeah. Um, it definitely so looks it's, pretty. No, it does, but it doesn't actually serve a purpose. Like they're like, oh, well, you can put these extra things here. But then you it's accidentally like, press on, them when you hold the phone. Exactly. Yeah. And then LG has their little, they have kind of the same thing, but I have it on the top of yeah. the phone where above the OS, they have like a little switcher mm-hmm. app where you can kind of, you know, shortcuts. Hmm. It's which is probably more useful, but still would be hard to touch. Since it's at the top, top of, the of the phone, phone right? Yeah. I mean, none of these things—they're all gimmicks. Yeah, I don't know. But when you think about your let's 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 not talk about module. I guess that is one of the things in your dream phone. What 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 would make up your dream phone? I'm not going to just say it's an iPhone Seven. I'll just say that um, for me, camera. I don't use a DSLR anymore. I used to, and for 